people who are biting their fingers in fear. Changing is not easy, but changing your life, changing habits, reinventing yourself. Yeah. You will win if you don't quit. Even a broke clock is right twice a day. It's an experience. This is the Kairos Moment with Pastor Jack on Active FM. Good morning, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the pro- program, the Kairos Moment on the Active FM. It's an honor and a privilege once again to me, for me to bring this word of inspiration, word of encouragement, word of motivation, wherever you are listening from. I pray that this word is going to capture your heart and that you're going to run with it and that you will never be the same again. My name is Jack Chirwa. I'm the pastor of the Full Gospel Church of God in Johannesburg, South Africa. Let us pray together. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I want to thank you for the opportunity of bringing your word, a word of inspiration, a word of encouragement, a word of motivation to your people this morning. I pray, dear God, that you will just minister to them and that you will bring forth, uh, bring them forth from the pit of despair and discouragement in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I want to speak to you uh, this morning. Uh, briefly on a short word I've entitled Releasing the Old and Embracing the New. Releasing the Old and Embracing the New. And my main main text will be Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 to 14. Now, most athletes interviewed at the Olympic Games have spoken about their achievements uh, being the result of what is going on in their heads, in their minds. It's making a decision and following that decision through a commitment. The same is true of the Christian race. The Apostle Paul describes the determination needed by using the image of a runner with his mind set on the finishing line. Every muscle, every ounce of energy, every thought is focused on the finish line. He paints his picture of, of of us giving it everything we have got to. Straining forward for the prize at the end. Listen to the sense of determination that comes in today's passage. We're going to start reading from verse 7. The Bible says, "What? But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to obtain, attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained all this, or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God 
has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So the question is, how determined are you in following Jesus? These verses of scripture come as a bit of a shock in these days of wishy-washy Christianity. We go to church when we feel like it. We give our money when we feel like it. And when we have any left over, we teach in the children's ministry or help out with the teenagers or the youth if we can be bothered. We go to a prayer meeting if it's not too cold or if it's not raining. It's not a very popular talk when we begin to talk about disciplined Christian life these days. Mostly it's about doing what feels good. The pianist by the name of Pedaroski of the last hundred years, he was recognized as one of the world's best. How did he get to be so good? He practiced the piano eight hours a day for more than 50 years of his life. I'll say that again. He practiced the piano eight hours a day for more than 50 years of his life. So how do we get to become a determined follower of Jesus Christ? Paul says that if we are going to be good finishers in the Christian life, we have to forget what lies behind and press on to what lies ahead. So number one, forget what lies behind. No one ever won a race by focusing on what has already passed. I've never seen an athlete running whilst looking backwards. That athlete obviously would never win a race. If we are going to stay in this race until the very end, we are going to have to develop the habit of forgetfulness or letting go of certain things. Here are some of the things to forget or some of the things to let go of so we can finish the race. Number one, forget the sins that have been done by us. Forget the sins that have been done by us. They are sins that we have committed in the past that will cripple us if we don't deal with them and put them behind us. Paul had a past, but in order to be effective for Christ, he had to leave his past behind. He used to beat up Christians and have them put in prison. He was an accomplice to Stephen's murder. What sort of useless disciple would Paul have been if he hadn't confessed his sins of the past and asked the Lord for forgiveness? You can't run a race when you are dragged down by the guilt of the past. It's like trying to run a race with lead boots on. If you are going to be free from the guilt of your past, you have to confess it. Ask the Lord for forgiveness. Lay it at the foot of the cross and choose to walk away from it. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 says, Laying aside every weight that easily entangles. The Lord will forgive you, but if you choose to not forgive yourself, you are making a choice to stay trapped in your past. That little sinful habit that no one knew about will cause you to remain trapped in the past because you've refused to forget about it and move on. The second thing to forget is forget the sins 
that have been done to us. If you have lived on this earth for any length of time, you will have had people who have hurt you. That's a consequence of living in a fallen world. Unless you are going to shut yourself away in your home and never have contact with people, that sort of stuff is always going to keep happening. Always. You have no control over other people hurting you. But you do have control over how you deal with it and how you respond to hurt. You can either spend your whole life going back to the hurts of the past or you can forgive going back over all the ways people have hurt you will consume all your energy and will make you a hard and bitter person. Eventually, unforgiveness will kill you because that's what it does. In 1880, James Garfield was elected president of the United States and only after six months in office, he was shot in the back with a revolver. He was taken to hospital where the doctor probed the wound with his little finger to see if he could locate the bullet, but he couldn't. He tried different probes, but he couldn't locate the bullet. They kept the president as comfortable as, as they could. And over the next three months, 16 different doctors each had to go at trying to find the bullet. Each one probed and poked. Through the months of summer, the president got weaker and weaker. Finally, he died. He didn't die from the bullet wound, but from the infection. All the probing, all the poking, which the doctors thought would help him, eventually killed him. That's what happens when we keep probing, probing, probing and poking the wrongs done to us and don't release them to God. Infection sets in. Eventually it kills us. All of us have bullet wounds from things that others have done to us. Forgiveness is the only thing that brings healing. Paul had every reason to be bitter about his past. He was beaten with rods on three occasions. Three occasions, five different times. He was whipped with 39 lashes. Once he was stoned. Many times he was put in prison. If he had kept probing, probing and poking those wounds, the infection of bitterness would have set in and killed him. But he was able to give all that to the Lord and then forget it. Can you do that? Can you give all those bullet wounds to the Lord and then forget them? When Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he said this. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you, for if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you your sins. Matthew chapter 6 verse 9. But if you do not forgive them your sins, 
your father will not forgive your sins. This is something in us. There is something in us, at least in too many of us, that particularly fails to forgive and forget what our mistakes are in life, either mistakes we ourselves made or mistakes of others. If you are going to run the race to the end, you will need to ask the Lord to forgive your sins and forgive those who sin against you. Then having been forgiven and having forgiven others, we need to forget what lies behind. Forgetting what lies behind is not having a bad memory and uh, not being able to remember, but it's, it's, it's not being affected even though it comes to memory. You are not affected by it. You don't feel the pain anymore. That means you've truly forgiven from your heart. Number three, forget our successes and failures. Forget our successes and failures. There's something else to live behind. We need to live behind all our successes. God perhaps used some of us mightily in the past, and now we are living off the memories. They are like the children of Israel who tried to store up the manna in the desert when they should have been out trusting God for fresh manna each day. It went rotten. It was full of maggots. When we try and live off yesterday's adventures with God, it becomes stale and full of maggots. You can't live an adventurous Christian life today by looking back on the glories of the past. You can't live a vital Christian life on a stale grace. It can happen to individuals. It can happen to churches. I can think of churches that once knew great blessing from God. They were packed full to capacity. I can think of businesses that flourished and did well financially. People were getting saved in those churches every week. They were brimming with life and vitality. But the people stopped looking back, stopped looking forward. They settled down and became self-satisfied, full and contented, living on their reputation. As a result, they withered and died. No matter how good your past has been, no matter how good your business has thrived, no matter how good anything you are involved in has been, we cannot focus on the successes of yesterday. I plead with you to not dwell on days now gone, nor to yearn vainly for yesterdays, however good those yesterdays may have been. The past is to be learned from, but not lived in. We look back to claim the embers from glow glowing experiences, but not the ashes. And when we have learned what we need to learn, we have brought with us the best that we have experienced. Then we look ahead. We remember that faith is always pointed towards the future. Faith always has to do with the blessings and truths and events that will yet be revealed in our lives. Lord's wife, looking back, isn't that she looked back? 
She looked back longingly. In short, our, her attachment to the past outweighed her confidence in the future. I'll say that again. Lot's attachment to the past outweighed her confidence for the future. That apparently was at, at least part of her sin. So a more theological way to talk about Lot's wife is to say that she did not have faith. She doubted the Lord's ability to give her something better than she already had. Stop looking back to that failed relationship. Stop looking back to that unfruitful friendship. Stop looking back to those disappointments. Stop looking back to that failed business. Stop looking back to those interview uh, disappointments. Stop looking back to those retrenchments on, on, on the jobs that you've had in the past. And the last thing that you and I need to do in order to become all that God wants us to be is press on to what lies ahead. Paul says this, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. While he was still running the race, Paul had his vision of him standing before King Jesus and hearing Jesus say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. That was his focus. His eyes were on the prize. He was looking ahead. Wherever you have, you, wherever you are, whenever you are in the race, press on. Strain towards what is ahead. Give it everything you've got. It's going to take everything you have. But with God's help, you will make it to the end. Let this be the motto for the rest of your life. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining to what is ahead. That is ahead. That prize. That should be your focus. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I don't know what you've been through in your life. I don't know what you've been through in your business. I don't know what you've been through in your relationships. I don't know what you've been through in your ministry. I don't know what you've been through in your life in general. Again, I want to say to you that life is like a Christian life is like a race and you need to keep your focus. You need to remain focused in what God has called you to do. Do not look back. Remain focused. I want to pray for you right now. You might be listening to the program and you are saying, man, I just needed to hear that. And I need prayer. I need God to lift me out of this pit of, of discouragement. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every man, every woman listening to this program, wherever they are, whichever part of the world they are. I pray, Father, that you will lift them out of the pit of discouragement. I pray that you will help them become all that you intended for them to be. Help them, Father, to let go of the past, the sins of the past, the successes and failures of the past. Help them to focus on what is ahead and, and, and let that be the one thing that they do, focusing on what is ahead and not on what is behind. In the mighty name of Jesus, I speak a blessing over them and I pray that you will give them victory and success in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Glory to God. This has been the Kairos Moment 
on the Active FM with Pastor Jack Chirwa. And if you would like to get in touch with me, my number is 073-500-5326. I'll repeat that, plus 2773-500-5327. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. Oh,